Yeah, welcome back to Nigeria Filmmaker, a podcast for us to talk about Nigerian filmmakers, their films, and how we can build a diverse and functional industry. I'm your host, Sele Gott. On this episode, my guest is Preach Basti. He's an actor, model, and TV host. He has starred in projects such as 76, Alita, and Rihanna. We talk about his first acting role, performing nude, and some of the roles he's looking forward to. If you're a new listener, you're welcome and I hope you enjoy. Hi Preacher, welcome to the Niger Filmmaker. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Alright, can you introduce yourself? Uh, my name is Preach Basi. I am an actor. Um, model, professional model, TV host, and a producer. It all comes in one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, can you tell us the story of how you started in filmmaking? All right. Yeah. So um, I'd always wanted to be an actor. Always wanted to be on TV. And growing up as a child, I was absolutely inspired by by movies and I would sit right in front of it. Yeah. And even though my parents would be like, you are not supposed to sit there because your eye will your eye will be ruined and all. I was always in front of it. I was taken by what I would see action films and all that. And I said, then this is I want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And um we all went on our primary schools and then after that went through the secondary school still having that passion it was it started to kind of like brew from the inside yeah and then i had the opportunity when i traveled out of the country in 2003 but before i I left the country i was studying science engineering by the way and even then i the passion was still there. A lot of times my classmates in my departmental um, colleagues in school, they'd be asking me, well, guy, what are you doing here? You, you, you're supposed to be in some... Then I was even more musically inclined. Okay. Yeah. What are you doing here? You're supposed to be in one music school or something. You're not supposed to be studying engineering. I would always say, ah, forget it. I want to be an engineer. Yeah. But then the idea of being an engineer was dumped in there by my mother. You know, our African parents are always trying to decide for the children, what they study in school, who they become and all that. So I had my share of all that. But then when I left Nigeria in 2003, I had an opportunity to start exploring my artistic side. And that's where it all started. And in college, I was discovered by a modeling agency, Elite Model Management. Okay, what was this? Where? In Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. I was studying um, in a university called Lim Kok Wing, Creative University. Yeah. Yeah. So when I got discovered and I got signed, that's where my journey to become what I have become now actually started. It didn't start out as acting, acting. It started out from modeling and from modeling, I transitioned into music. From music, I transitioned into film. Yeah. Yeah. With music, what were you singing? Ah, uh, R&B, man, for the ladies. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah it was strictly r&b and i remember i actually um it was it was it was to my own credit that people would listen to me and say hmm, you sound like r kelly yeah. yeah so that was big that was huge for me yeah so it is the journey had from then on i had not looked back and um yeah we're here okay yeah yeah so the first the first step in any new direction is always i mean sometimes tricky yeah. what was that first step into acting or film for you nice so my first step into this acting um, career was when I had to return to Nigeria in 2009. I knew that being back here, I have to find a way to jump into the industry somehow. Yeah. But still, it did not happen the way I wanted it to happen. Instead, life still took me to another angle which was tv hosting okay right so um i had done a crash course program with um, new york film academy and after that program i was like okay i guess i'm ready to be an actor now let's do it but then it didn't happen that way what happened was um a producer was looking for a tv host yeah in abuja and my late friend, um, Rachel Buckham, called me up because we had met um, at school. Yeah. Yeah. And she said, Preach, wh where are you? I'm like, I'm in Portagot. She says, you have to come to Abuja. Come and audition for, um, for an opportunity to become a TV presenter. Have you ever done anything TV? I said, no, I haven't done anything like this. She says, you still have to come. Come give it a shot. So I came down to Abuja, I auditioned for it, and then I got it after several people have auditioned for it. Yeah. So I came in, no experience whatsoever, first time, and I got it, and I started TV presenting. And I think, I, I want to believe that it's TV presenting that really brought me even much more closer to, to the film industry. Yeah. Yeah, because I had to interact with actors, interact with producers, people from different industries within the country. So that really um, brought me closer to the industry. And I was like, hmm, I guess we are really close now. We can start. Hmm. So after three years of of um, being on TV, I just woke up and said, you know what? It's about time. So I called a friend of mine who is a cinematographer now. And I said to him, how far now? Where are all these your film people? Make you introduce me now. I want to begin act film, <laughs> you know. And that was it. And he took me to the first, um, to my first um, set where I got the experience to see how it, things are done. And I got cast. Yeah. And I did my film. And then the next major film that came was 76. Oh, that was... Yeah. A really yeah huge jump it was scary it was huge i was like what do i do now yeah um i was afraid because the opportunity was really big and but i couldn't pass it up mm. so i took up the challenge i traveled to to ibadan where um the location was yeah 
And then my story to go into Ibadan is actually another interesting story altogether. That was really interesting yeah. <laughs> because I had to travel by night bus to go to Ibadan oh. to go shoot. What year was this? This was 20... If I'm not mistaken, in 2012-ish, 13. Yeah, because it took about six years, five to six years before 76 was officially released. So, yeah. Yeah. And it was released in 2016. So okay. if you backdate that, then that will end you maybe 2012, 2011 or so. Yeah. Yeah. So I got there and I played the military doctor, Captain Mba, in 76. And to be honest with you, I actually thought, oh, this is how the industry is going to be. It's going to be interesting. Mm. I'm, I'm starting with a big film. Yeah. Wow. Let's go. Right. I was excited. But yeah, I mean, just like with every industry, you you have to get in and learn, yeah. pay your dues. I think that's what the part we miss out a lot on, paying your dues yeah. in, in any industry. Because the process of learning is where you get to pay your dues. Yeah. So I had all my my period of you know learning, understanding, um, especially getting more knowledge and developing my my artistic skills and just basically becoming the kind of actor I've always wanted to be yeah. and watching the established actors, how they do it and how passionate they have to be. And there's practically just trying to be better every single time. Yeah. Yeah. You said you had to decide what type of actor you wanted to be. Yeah. So what type of actor is that? I've always been a person that um, I'm all about impact. Yeah. Um, I learned this from a very tender age that I'm not supposed to come to this world and leave. And one day I'm going to grow old and die and just go and nothing will be spoken of me. Hmm. No, that's not the kind of life I want to live. So if I'm approaching anything I'm doing, I have to always aim to do it to the very best. Of my ability yeah yeah so in acting i also said you know what this is what i'm going to do and i'm going to do it i'm going to strive to do it to get to the point where the most respected people in this industry that table i want to sit there yeah so that's been my approach to 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 my craft and that drives me to learn either by getting resources, learning from other actors and see how they're doing and what materials are they using to learn. Whatever resources has been available to me that I have been able to afford so far, I engage those resources just to ensure that I get better at what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's go back to 76. Yeah. How was preparation for that film? So then I was still learning. I just got into the industry, so yeah. I didn't know much. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember that when I got to to the location, the next day I was on set and the script was given to me. To be honest with you, it was just about trying to settle my emotions in place. Mm. It was less of, oh, this is going to be my approach to this character because we didn't even know that much then. You know, how to break down character and how to ensure that the character is defined to be like this and be like that. 
Then I just knew, okay, this guy is supposed to be a military doctor. He has to look like a um, like a military personnel, and and yeah, <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. But it was really more about settling your nerves because I was playing alongside top, top, top notch actors like Chidi Mokemeng, Ramsey Noah, um, Rita Dominic, and my scene was actually with Rita Dominic yeah. within the hospital. And believe you me, that wasn't easy. In fact, even if I had any other technique going on, I would have gotten in there and that technique would fly off the window <laughs> because I was nervous. <laughs> you yeah. get so, so it was just about settling my nerves. And yeah, I'm being calm and just perform. Then I remember my first take. I had just returned from the country not long. My accent was really thick and everything. So I'm going on there and speaking with you both. Very short, very short, very short. I remember Izu Chiku, the director, called me up and said, hey, he took me to one corner. He didn't, he didn't tell me this in front of everybody. Yeah. He said, um, I want you to speak like a Nigerian. Can you try and do that for me? You're in 1976. You're a military doctor. Just maybe, just maybe you have been trained abroad. But imagine that you've not been there for long and you're back mm. after your training. So speak like that. And I said, yes, sir, I can try. So we went back in for take two. And that was it. And the producers were impressed. Everybody were impressed on set. I was like, okay. So I guess we are going to be doing this then. Yeah. So that was the experience. Okay, I think um, I think it's coming to Netflix soon. So oh can't, yeah, um, can't wait to see. It. I've heard I've heard that it's coming to Netflix, and I'll be excited to see another of my films on Netflix. Yeah, yeah dreams do come true. Small, small, it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right, so let's talk about um, Riona. Riona. Um, Interesting. How. Was it was it like an easy process getting um, cast in that series? So, my journey to being a part of Riona was was quite interesting because um, just like everyone else, especially um, let's say ninety percent of the of the people who auditioned for it, I went for the open audition in Lagos. Yeah, yeah, and. You know how it is with African Magic Projects when they say there is an audition. This whole, like, the crowd is crazy. Mm. So I got in there. Um, I remember then I had a back injury. I was, I was nursing. I was in terrible pain. I had to practically uh, load my system with some really strong painkillers to be able to stand mm. through and sit through the audition that day. And... And that happened and we auditioned. Then the, the callback came. Um, the lockdown already started. So we had to do the, the callback videos from home. We recorded self-tape and sent it in and I got cast. To be honest with you, I was, I was, I was surprised because I thought, ah, Africa magic. They will go and choose their people. I beg, they already know their people they want to use. Mm. They just want to use us and catch crews, you know. But then it was different this time, and yeah. I got cast. Uh, yeah. Okay. So um, you you had to send a, a recording of yourself. Yeah. 
have you figured it out because you know like um a lot of actors said that they still prefer physical auditions to sending in videotapes um, video yeah uh, see I, I i just believe that um sometimes you do the self-tape yeah and it's just like physical audition it's either you get the role or you don't so there is no one that is better than the other in my in my in my experience I, 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 yeah, I mean, in fact, the physical audition is even more intense because you go in there, you see they're sitting right in front of you. Everybody looks like they want to eat you up. Yeah. You're all nervous and everything, no matter how prepared you think you are, you walk in there, still something might just happen because maybe your nerves um, would, would um, conquer you yeah. at that moment and you probably mess up your audition. You never know. But with self-tape, you self-tape, you are in the comfort of your home. Mm. And you just practically focus on making sure that you impress the people that are, will be watching the self-tape. Yeah. Yeah. I guess something that happens with physical auditions is, let's say you're not giving them what they want, they can easily correct you. Thank you. But with self-tape, you send it out and that's, that's it. it. They're judging you. You're not there to defend yourself. You can't say, oh, let me have another go at it. Yeah. There is no such thing with self-tape. So you just have to be um, um, first at the top of your game and then and hope that it works. Mm. Because sometimes you may be very good. Even with physical audition, you may be very good. You just may not be what they want. Yeah. That happens all the time. Yeah. And you just have to do your very best and hope that, okay, I hope they like it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know you have been um, building up your acting profile from project to project. Mm. What happens when um, you're having a bit of a dry spell? How do you um, stay sane and make sure you don't lose it and keep moving forward? So interestingly, I was having this conversation with a colleague of mine yesterday um, when during our meeting. It was the dry spell that we actually spoke about. Yeah. Every, I mean, I believe that every actor, Nigeru, Hollywood, Bollywood, I believe that we've all had it. Yeah, I mean, for most of the ex, you know established established actors, maybe they they do get jobs a lot, offers a lot, but then. I'm all, maybe I'm not interested in this right now. You turn it down. Yet, that is going to be a period where you get to select stuff. Within that time, you're, you're selecting stuff. You're not working. Yeah. So that could be considered a dry spell. But for me, as Preach Basi, what I try to do within that time is um, not focus on the fact that work is not coming. I focus on what I do when I am not working. I've listened to... Um, top actors like David David Oyelowo when he says what you do when you are not working is actually the things that gets you prepared for when you have work yeah so um when I have my dry spell I try to just self-develop um for me I always see it as a spiritual time to kind of like just you know spend time with myself grow spiritually pray if I have to, fast if I have to, just get in that space that keeps me grounded. Mm. Basically, that is what I focus on doing. 
because uh, personally, I'm not, I don't have a fantastic social life. I don't like to hang here and hang out and with friends and do social activities and all. So it's always time for me to discover more about myself because as an actor, there are emotions that we, we have to keep discovering emotions and yeah. that is discovering ourselves. Mm. So um, during my quiet time when I'm not working, work is not coming, well, there is always that fear like, oh, my, what's it happen now? Mm. What's, what's going on? Um, you try to reach out to some industry people. Yo, I'm available to work. We do that. We do that. Yeah. yeah. And there's no shame in doing that because it's just like if I was a businessman and I own a business, I definitely go out to chase clients. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's nothing wrong with an actor reaching out to directors and producers and saying, yo, I'm available in case you forget me. No, forgive me, or I still do. Do you get? And eventually, when things start happening again, you get back to work and you're happy again. Yeah. Yeah. So um, during the dry spell, I would say, um, do not, do not, um, don't let the negative energy drive you through it. I believe that the attitude we we actually um, the the kind of attitude we display when we are going through our dry spell actually determine the kind of energy we used to drive through when things happen. Some people would say, oh, whenever I'm not working, I'm depressed, I am sad. It's easy to feel that. It's okay to feel that. Mm. But then you should be able to pick yourself up and say, hmm, but I just, I just finished working. How yeah. much uh, how much appreciation did I show? How excited was I? So in your, wait, in your waiting time and dry spell, be grateful. Let's be grateful for what we've already had, yeah. what we've enjoyed. Because the dry spell don't mean that this is the end. No, it's not. It's just a patch. You're going to go through it. So I'm staying grateful all through, man, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Staying grateful all through. Okay. And self-develop. Yeah. Study. Read books, watch interesting movies that would um, improve your skills. Yeah, okay. that's any, what I do. Any other any other thing that you you use to self develop apart from reading and watching? Okay, so um, there's something I always share with some of my colleagues that I'm close to. Um, I have a few persons outside Nigeria who are really interested in my craft and my growth as an actor. So I reach out to them for resources. Practically put myself in that space where I, I have materials to study books, acting books and filmmaking books, just improving and getting knowledge, basically. So when I reach out to my friends abroad and say, hey, um, I just found this book. Oh, um, I, would, I would really appreciate it if you can buy it and send it over to me. Yeah. They would buy it and send it to me as a gift. As a gift. Mm. And that is just awesome. Right. So this is how I self-develop. Okay. Yeah. Would you say you're a method actor? Well, I would say that it depends on, on what I'm doing. But what I would also say is that I totally commit and immerse myself in my work. Um, maybe you could actually call that method because mm. you are 100% committed. Um, um, yeah, I actually would say yes. 
because whenever it is I pick up a project and from the moment I read, I do my first read. When I'm done, everything just starts playing out from then on till the day I walk, I go, I go to set to start filming. Yeah. So yeah, and that process of just um, completely um, immersing myself in that process. Yeah, so it starts the moment I receive a script. So you could say, yes, I'm a method actor. Okay. Like a lot of um, young actors coming up yeah. um, from, you know, getting it right with auditions, kind of mm -hmm. knowing how to um, approach auditions to getting roles and then remembering their lines and all that. Like, I feel um, for actors, you know, once you find a way to, you know, always retain lines, that kind of gives you a lot of space to perform kind of perform and mm -hmm. you know manifest that role yes one of the things like just you said what you said is it's on point because if you do not know your lines then you might as well just go there and struggle yeah. which you will and you will not have the freedom to to manifest the mm. character or to be the character right so it starts with knowing your lines mm. um in fact, is no matter how good you think you are as an actor, just just study your lines, just know your lines, right? When you know your lines, <laughs> you can be, like you said, you will be free to be the character. And then in that freedom comes your creativity. Yeah. You can afford to even give more than what the pages offered you as an actor yeah um personally for me i actually don't believe in coming to set and and um and just basically giving you back what you gave me on the paper oh. yeah i don't believe in that as an actor yeah. i believe in coming to set you've given me a script and i come there and i leave the character to the point where you, you'll be like oh wow i didn't see that coming as a director, that is where I I am I'm aiming to to be at and still working towards that, where you give more to the character than the pages gave you as an actor. Yeah, yeah, that is my belief, and I pursue that with every energy I've got and oh. concentration. Yes. Okay. You know, the whole performance acting is this constant collaboration between the director and the actor. Sure. What have you found helpful from? Um, directors like what do you always appreciate yeah so beyond the technical um the technical stuff i think i appreciate directors who pay attention to performance a lot yeah um let's be honest you can have the best lighting the best cameras and if the performance is not is not good that means you probably won't have a good film you're just going to have a good picture to look at right so for me i think that directors who pay close attention to performance because that's for me as an actor that's where i get to develop after i'm done working i like to work with directors who by the time i'm done working the project i go and think saying to myself hmm, i learned one or two things here today a director who is able to give you that that freedom to to perform to to, to create yeah yeah i think that is what um i i enjoy working with these kinds of directors oh. because 
it's always an opportunity to grow beyond before I came to set. By the time I'm done, I would have been a better actor leaving yeah. the project. Okay. Yeah. So you talked about immersing yourself in the character. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about um, Last Tango in Abuja. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this film um, had a scene with nudity. Mm -hmm. What were some of the things that you thought about before accepting this role? I thought about everything actually because um, first my background where I come from it's it's our thing yeah and secondly what is your thing our thing is I'm a pastor's son yeah my father was a pastor I will always be a pastor's son that is never going to change and secondly um, church background where a lot of people are looking at you in a certain way like, oh, you're a pastor's son. You're not supposed to do this. You're not supposed to do that. Yeah. Right. So a lot of things actually came to play. I know that I've done nude before when I was modeling, but I also had to, to, um, I felt like it was a moment that got me mentally a bit free from certain, um, from certain things that would not allow my creativity to to burst out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when Last Tango in Abuja came, when I saw the script, I was like, oh, wow, here we go again. And But this time, this is film. Yeah. This is not modeling, right? And the story was good. And I also saw it as an opportunity to, um, to take myself to another level mentally. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of things actually happened. I was nervous as hell, nervous as hell. I remember the day of shoot, I went into the bathroom before we shot that scene. I went into the bathroom. I just looked at myself in the mirror. I'm like, okay, just maybe you're about to do something that is going to be completely crazy or you're going to do it and come out and you'll be all right, two things. Yeah. But then I already knew I was going to do it. Yeah. I already knew I was going to do it. So I got in there and we shot it. And thank God for the female actor. She was amazing. The energy was right. We got it done respectfully. And I know, yeah. Okay. Mm. That's that great. Yeah. Yeah. I know I've also had to answer so many questions about, oh, how, what happened to your, your private part? Did it stand? Did it get an erection? And the answer is no. The idea was not to go and have an erection, yeah. bruh. It was, it was, it was to go and be the character yeah. and become we began and within a professional setup. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I guess this is an opportunity to talk about this. Um, some people would say, oh, so, but she's beautiful. Yeah. But that's not, that wasn't the goal. The goal is to go there and be professional. Yeah. And yeah. You're on another level. Another level entirely. In fact, so here's the thing about growth. Growth can be really uncomfortable. Yeah. And if you accept how uncomfortable your growth is and just go and accept that process and just go, you just see yourself emerge, you, you evolve. So I think that is what Last Tango in Abuja did for me, right? Um, it kind of like just took me to another level when it comes to being a professional. 
and performance as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So apart from you know the energy that the the person you are performing with yeah. gave you, how important was it that the director like created the right environment? Oh, um, Emil did a fantastic job in creating a right, the right environment for both of us. We had had like um, meetings the day before. So we sat, the three of us, we discussed what was uncomfortable, what was, what would be um, the kind of, whatever kind of inhibition that we would have. Yeah. So we, we kind of like thrashed out all those. I'm not comfortable with this. I'm not comfortable with that. How far can you go? How far can you not go? We discussed all that. And he ensured that we were both on at the same level of energy so that we can we can bring those characters to life and yeah. that's that's why we were able to achieve that um prior to doing last angle with ruth i'd never met her it was just our first time meeting yeah and she is a total professional and it was amazing to do that that work with her yeah yeah awesome all right um as an actor you know sometimes you you don't get enough roles. Sometimes you get roles that you don't necessarily believe in. Mm. Um, sometimes in order to redefine yourself, you have to take things into your own hands. You mentioned that you're um, creating a path into producing. Sure. Um, why, why is that? Okay, so I think it's, um, for me, it's something I've always also wanted to, to, to do. Um, to kind of like beyond just being an actor um, I want to grow to become an actor who produces because produ producing actually puts you um, it, it yeah being an actor you make a business completely out of the craft uh, but a produ the producing gives you an opportunity to to be able to bring in talents and develop them mm. as well. I want to be in that position as well, where I, I, I can be an actor in your project and the next project I'm producing and I call you as a director to come direct, yeah. bring talents together and see them grow and do amazing stuff. Yeah, it's something I really, really, I'm looking forward to it, including directing as well. Yeah. What kind of roles are you looking out for that you have not yet gotten? I think I would still want to do something military. Yeah, I did it in 76, but it was on a minor level. Yeah, I would want to do something military again on a major level. Okay. Where I, I be the leading man and do some really, really intense stuff. So I feel like I have this energy that needs to be it needs to be exploited i always say it needs to be used mm. yeah um why do i have it and not not use it i feel i feel like um if it is not used then that means there are certain talents that i have that i've not really really made use of and i i don't think i believe god will ask me why what happened i gave you all the opportunity in the world what did you do with it right so yeah i want to play military I want to do military again. Um, 
what would I love to do again? Oh yeah, let me be very honest with you. I would like to play a superhero. Yeah. Yeah. How about action? That's my thing. I mean, you did a bit of it in Fourth Republic. Yeah, just a bit of it, just a bit of it, just a little bit of it. And again, I want to do that on a major level, yeah. on a leading man level. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I have I have quite a number of um, things I would I would like to do, but again, I'm not restricted, not restricting myself to um, certain things. Yeah. Yeah, as long as the story is interesting, the story is challenging enough. Yeah. Um, at this moment in my career, I am looking forward to to stories that challenge me, either physically or mentally. Um, I'm also actually looking forward to stories that would have me transform yeah. physically, either from being fit to a guy with only one pack with big belay and everything, yeah. you know, add some weight. After that, you lose it and get back into another role that demands that you are fit like a, like a hawk and all that. I, these are things I like. I like, I like it interesting. I like it more edgy. Yeah. Yeah. As an actor, I'm looking forward to this. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I think I think there's hope. You know, our stories are becoming much more diverse. Certainly, certainly, so. and 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 to be honest with you, um, Riona was one of those. Uh, funny enough, a few months before months, a few months before I I got to work um, to do Riona, I had been talking to some of my friends and said, you know what, I just finished Halita. And it's all cream and proper. We are we are all well dressed and everything, looking out, you know, fine boy. I would like to do something that I'm completely barefoot, and I wear. I, basically, I just I kept on saying I wanted to do something epic. Yeah. I wanted to do what we call epic, which is um, timepiece. I want to do something that I would wear some regalia and become a warrior. I used to say that casually. Yeah. And when Rihanna happened, I did not even remember that I had said these things. One of my friends now called me and said, yo, do you remember that you actually said this is what you wanted to do? Mm. And I was like, oh my God, it's true. I have been saying it. Yeah. And it happened. So me wanting to play superhero, God, I'm saying it again, no. I want to play superhero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Because of where I'm coming from. My passion is to see people develop, young people especially, um, finding their voice and finding their path and yeah. passion. Um, I think what I would have to add here would be um, to them. There is no excuse. Um, there is no excuse in this world. Actually, there is no excuse. You, if you say, oh, my father is poor, we are poor, and we've not been able to do this, I'm like you, from absolute nothing. But then, if that does not inspire you and push you to wake up and want to change it, mm. then, then there is no point. Yeah. Actually. So, there is no excuse to not chasing your dream. There is no excuse to not finding that thing that is burning in your heart that you want to do, you want to become. Yes, the, the, the reason why the challenges are there is because maybe, just maybe, you don't have access to the resources like I didn't have either. Yeah. But that did not stop me. Maybe it took me a bit longer because of lack of resources, but I didn't give up. I'm still pushing it. Yeah. 
So you better be pushing it as well. Because in the end, life doesn't give you what you deserve. It gives you what you fight for. So let's say you're stuck on an island mm. and you only have one movie or one TV series to watch. Yep. Which one would that be? Can I be biased? I think I want to watch Riona. <laughs> yeah. You, you don't want to ask me why I want to watch Riona? No, I'm listening. Yeah. I would want to watch Riona because, um, you see, there is so much that love can do. And when I, when I track back and see how my character developed in Riona, this is a guy who is loyal, a loyal warrior, but loves his wife. That love drove him. Like, he could do anything. He could achieve anything as long as that, his wife, is there. He's just in that space. Yeah. So... I'm stuck on, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in this island and there's nothing to do. I have one thing to watch. I'll go back and just feel the love that Amaju felt for his wife. So that was really powerful stuff. Yeah. Really powerful stuff. So yeah, I would watch Riona all over again, bruh. Okay. <laughs> all right. Nollywood is growing, maybe in lips and bounds. Mm. What do you feel we need to get right with how our industry is currently taking form? There are quite a number of things, but maybe it's just focusing on one yeah. would do. Let's try and get structure. This house was built because there was a structure to it. Yeah. It was designed and executed. If we do not design a structure and execute it, then we would always be where we are and just hoping that, oh yeah, I think we are we are growing, but we're really not growing. Yeah. Right. So we need to get structure. Structure from 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 production, from the business angle of it, actors being taken care of, directors being taken care of, everybody being taken care of. Yeah. We need to get that structure. Yeah. And please, let's stop recycling. There's too much talent. What are we doing? What are we recycling for? After a while, you'll just be like, come on now. Can we see fresh things? Fresh. Our stories, in fact, if we practically have a story vault, we have not even scratched the surface. Mm. To get. Yeah. So yeah. So whose whose responsibility do you think is um giving this structure to the industry? All of us. It's our responsibility. All of us in the industry we have a part to play. It is our responsibility. So for instance, if I have a job, a project to do with you as a director, I would have to say, please can I see your contract? This is where it starts. Mm. By the time you run into three actors and you want to work with them they say i need to see a contract please let me see the terms how we're doing the work and then i believe that would start changing things most of us are just going to sit and shooting film without any form of contract without any form of um you know legal engagement we just have fun now are you available i'm sending money to you that's it yeah so yeah okay um how can people keep up with your work you have social media? Yes, I am I'm on I have social media. Yeah. Um I'm on Instagram, I am on Facebook, I am on Twitter. On Instagram I'm there as Preach Bassi. On Facebook, Preach Bassi. And on Twitter, Preach Bassi. Everywhere Preach Bassi, basically. Okay. Yeah, you keep up with my work. And also I am on IMDB, so you can check me out if you are outside Nigeria. Um you can check me out on IMDB. I have my profile there. 
Preach Bati on IMDb. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Preach, for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much. We have come to the end of this episode. Please remember to leave a rating and a review. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Senegal Film and the podcast also on Instagram and Twitter at the Niger Film Pod. See you on the next episode. Have a good one.